0: all right welcome everybody to this second edition of the bear trap discord podcast my name is john kirby my co-host is vic one of the founders of the bear trap discord all of the charts that you'll see here have been made designed by Oclocracy, one of the founders of the investors haven discord so all those credits go out to him uh, we're sorry that um in the first podcast we had some issues with the charts um, they were very fuzzy, hence the audio release of that one. Hopefully, everybody was able to more or less follow along. But in any case, this is the more important podcast, right? Because it's the projections for this coming week and the coming month as well. Um, there may still be some commentary left over from the last podcast because we recorded this all as a uh, big clump over the weekend. Um, but I uh, should be helpful anyway Uh, all of the charts are clear in this one Um, as always we appreciate any suggestions any feedback Um, do subscribe to vix youtube do follow my twitter Uh, both of those will be linked in the description in case you missed them Um, it's at vix youtube or at flow is discreet for me um yeah enjoy so this is uh this is end of day this is uh basically beginning of day end of day exactly this is beginning of day on friday mopex end of day on friday mopex and i ha- i have a really big complaint which is that uh when i looked at this um i i targeted the vault trigger for my trade um and i would have made like a i don't know like a 200 or 300% return if we if we had closed at the ball trigger um and uh we overshot it by so much um that you know i, I made i made like i don't know 70 bucks <laughs> like, uh, it, it pissed okay. me yeah, off. did you target the ball trigger? Curious. Um, well, so this is a problem that I have, which is when I look at a GEX like this, um, and it, it once I know, once I look at the pre market and I see that spots trading above all these, uh, all this neg- negative gamma, I know that we're going to squeeze, right? The problem is, I don't know where we're going to stop.
1: Well, here's the thing because <laughs> we talked about this last Friday, we didn't squeeze, and that that gex chart right there looks very similar to last friday true true which is what i was saying in the discord like this is the same setup as last friday where we just grinded down all day
0: but the open was different right because uh, i mean on this GEX, yeah. you see you see spot is 363.52 it was,
1: yeah it was a different it was a different day but it was the same look where you had the big gamma sitting on a big psych level and it just it was minus 100 million pretty much the whole day on last friday and here we are minus 100 million again um but this time it was a squeeze right so the last time we were playing for the squeeze but this time it actually happened so do you do
0: you remember what it looked like at the beginning of the day on that friday though um you know what no i don't Because I I would venture that it was slightly different because I think that you're probably right, I think that this uh, 363.52 is if you if you zoom in here that's 914 those those next 15 minutes also remember this the spot price is delayed by 15 minutes on our charts so this is actually spot as of 930 uh, sorry as of nine. Yeah, uh, by 930 spot was actually more like 365 yeah so it was right above exactly.
1: this giant foot wall i think i think the last friday's gex was had a lot more positive gex uh had a had actually had a positive profile um and it was sort of mixed that's what i think i remember and i think you're right yeah there was, there was more you know essentially positive gamut of squeeze uh than, and it started off a little bit different you're right but it was the same picture as last friday but you're right usually assume going back to that point usually assume this gets squeezed into the you know into the expiration so that's what you were playing for is the 370 on the squeeze
0: yeah i mean i just i honestly the reason i aim for 370 it wasn't even because it was this vault triggers because i saw this little put wall up here um and I was just like, well, wouldn't it be nice for them to completely make, render those worthless? The issue that I had was, you know, and I think on a ner- normal day, that 370 would have been good because you also have to think about it in terms of standard deviations, right? Mm-hmm. And off this open aiming for 370, that would be like a one point, I think it was a 1.7 or 1.8% move on Spy, which to me sounded completely reasonable. Um, it's really hard to play for 2.5% move. Yeah, right? it's You have to be a little gutsy to be making those types of callouts, you know?
1: yeah no it, you're you were making a conservative call but were you playing a like a like a condor or something like that or what were you doing there
0: uh yeah i mean what i did is i i basically uh right off the open i sold a, a put spread underneath the market um probably an spx i think and then uh and then i wrote it up once we hit three thirty seven hundred, um i hedged it by selling the call spread there
1: um gotcha so and, did the call spread go in the money, or was it close to going in the money?
0: Yeah, that's why I only ended up making like seventy bucks because by the time we hit 37.50 and a day, um, the whole the whole call spread. Right, I think I, I think I sold the call spread for like a buck sixty or something. So so obviously your downside on on that is uh, is not like is is bigger than your like I sold an in the money put spread to start off, which was a great play, and I should have just left oh. it. Um, but normally, you know, I want to extract as much value from the market as possible, which means I love to play both sides. Uh, why would I only play one? Of course. Um, I don't but, know. I mean, one thing the, I uh, would
1: say is you, you should probably, did you look at it at Mondays as well?
0: Uh, no, I wasn't looking at Mondays. Usually I just assume that the Monday isn't, I mean, I mean, normally if I'm trading in the week, I'll look at uh, Monday, Wednesday or Wednesday, uh, Thursday, Friday, but I've never looked on at Mondays when I'm trading Fridays. Should I be doing that?
1: Um. Well, so my whole thing is you can you can just kind of glance at the future a little bit by looking at Monday, because uh, Monday's an expiry as well, and Monday's the day after OPEX. So it's to me, it's it might not be a huge gamma day. I'm not sure what it was. I'm just saying, like in general, you know, I like to be forward looking. I, I always I'm always looking like thirty expiries ahead. You know and then you have a then you have a little bit better context of what the probability distribution looks like you know what i'm saying it's just kind of like if you could see a future volume profile wouldn't you do it all right here you go this is monday uh well, that's yes. going to be that's not monday prior right that's like that's monday no this is monday as of now um
0: so you're well, right this is it's not that useful but
1: well that that obviously changed too so it's not like it's stayed the same um, and same thing for all of them. But what I'm saying is like, yes, yeah, it's, the, it's the year. Uh, it's basically the year of zero DTE because I think 50% of option volume now is zero DTE speculation. Yeah. And so if we're in this mindset here, that's why we range too. I think that's another theory we can get into. But if we're, we're basically just trying to play off 50% of the options volume, uh, just being purely same day expiration if not next day expiration then yeah the next expiration would be significant to me especially right after opex because that's essentially going to start the new cycle so that's like your first that's like an anchor day into you know it's like you're going to be your anchor day into the vol events yeah um so like that positioning is going to be very important
0: that makes sense in terms in terms of like the more technical side of it, though, would you say that the uh, Monday gamma is having a significant effect on Friday uh, order flow?
1: It probably it probably does actually into uh, into the close because you got to think about what participants are doing um, into the I th- weekend
0: I think you're right. And I think that if I had looked at um so I, I made a mistake when I originally pulled this up. So currently, this is this is correct.
1: Yeah, that's, I know. Said it's okay. <laughs> I, I got it.
0: Yeah. So this was this was the beginning of the day on Friday, and now this is the end of the day on on Friday. And obviously, wow. you can see that um you know that three seven five uh, put wall, um I mean it was it was minuscule at the beginning of the day it was and we closed right there. Yeah. Um, but then looking forward to that Monday, the twenty fourth of October, that's what it looks like.
1: Um, if you would have seen the wall there from monday then you could have definitely started thinking like wow 375 i thought 375 was possible from monday this last week because that's, already- that's
0: really really smart because a lot of times i have that issue when we have a purely net gex chart like this i'm looking at it, i'm like i know it's gonna squeeze but how fucking far
1: um yeah and this is just one expiry but you're you got to start playing like like 10 expiries ahead and, and really focus. And like, what I do is I prioritize the expiries. So obviously that makes more sense because the bigger expires are going to have a bigger influence. And so, you know, if you're looking ahead at the next big expiry, that's already going to start having an influence starting Monday.
0: I, I agree, well, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to push back a little bit because I think that from a trading perspective, sometimes less information is more because it gives no, you a little more clarity
1: right. on your... If you're doing this on the spot, it's going to be a lot different. I do this after the close. Like I look at all the expiries and all the positioning and I'm going, okay, here's, here's what people are kind of betting for. And that's why I say I knew on Monday that 375 was a thing. And even 380 is a thing right now, because it's like, that's, people are putting positions into these strikes. No, I,
0: I think that that makes sense. I think the way that I would do it is in a case like this, where, Hey, I'm looking at it. I have a pretty clear view of what's happening, um, but I have a I have a question still in my mind left open by this GEX. So then I then at that stage, True. I you know for for day yeah. trading, for, yeah, um, my larger portfolio and like my money management stuff, yeah, like of course I'm looking at GEX, you know, six months out. Sometimes I mean I mean I try not to put too much of a stake in it, but, um,
1: you know I'll take those. What, the ending, what did the whatever. ending picture look like? for for friday again can you pull that up
0: yeah that's something else i want to talk about it's that uh,
1: what's interesting to me is a lot of times you see this on a squeeze where you get a flip from really negative to positive you'll almost you got to kind of think of it like you're just me- doing a measured move like a mm-hmm. technical analyst would do like oh wow we've got the abc parallel and we're going to go that exact move it's similar with the gex in my mind because you're having you're basically got, 100, 250, 300 million worth of negative gex that's gonna get squeezed by the end of the day. So you, you've seen this many times where it's just, it all disappears. And then you get the similar type of move above the vol trigger on the on the other side of it. So like, for example here, you're at 365. Oh. And so you'll eventually, all that gamma is gonna squeeze you up to 375 if you were just looking at it just from like a basic view.
0: No, that's 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 genius. So, okay um so we're five points underneath the ball trigger here at 365 that's where our main strike is and so let's say that we're going to squeeze we're going to get a mirror image which is going to put us at another mirror five image. points that's above perfect. 370 perfect point. yeah and then we end up at 375 Yep, that's yep. beautiful
1: but because every everything's a distribution so you know you got one distribution down here which is way bearish sentiment so you're gonna you're just gonna go to the other side of it
0: no, no, and it, it makes it makes perfect <laughs> sense. Um, this is not this is not astrology at all, right? It makes yeah. perfect sense that there's a certain amount of notional value that's concentrated under the vol trigger. All of that notional value has to dissipate, meaning that all of that is going to go into shares that are bought that end up on the bullish side of things.
1: So it has to be perfect. a perfect flip. It, it's not always a perfect flip, but yeah, it's it's just basically the flip of the curve because yeah. you see the curve at the right above the vol trigger where that call gex is being built up that's that's the hedging that's basically where the head they need to hedge to and then it just continues as the price moves up they're going to continue hedging underneath that curve you know essentially until the time runs out but you know that's yeah. just that's essentially what ends up happening look at the curve of the one at the end of the day look where all the call positions all the call gexes, is it's right underneath the curve we got a yeah. little bit of overshoots there but it's like it essentially just becomes like you said a mirror image of what you saw on the downside and that curve those curves are what's pushing it up and down and creating those those uh those gamma like basically like the gamma exposure you think mm-hmm. of it as like essentially these just pockets these just pockets of either pos- positive or or negative gamma and yeah so yeah that's the way i always look at it like if you're going to get a true squeeze you're essentially going to you know take a measured move and that's where you're then look at it happened exactly like that went right to that 375 however that's not how i was looking at it before i was going 375 is possible because i was already thinking that you know at the beginning of the week and you said it earlier in the in the first video was i was more bullish so in my mind 375 i was th- i was hoping 375 got busted up too and went to three yeah. but
0: yeah I mean, I, I didn't have um to be honest, most of this these past couple of weeks, I've been more dealing with the 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 money management stuff and less of the trading intraday. So I wasn't looking so much at the at the gex for
1: uh, clues as to exactly where we were going. like so, <laughs> so no is, though think about what you did though. I mean, think about how easy of a trade that is if you if so, for example, you're just trying to make some money every day, you just come. you just look at this chart and you already know you're selling credit spreads, put credit spreads, or you're selling puts right
0: yeah that's how I mean that's how my I'm part of that's part of the way that my the system that I'm making uh works right um it's just there is something more difficult about doing it in the moment because oh yeah um (laughs) and, and I think one of the one of the things I've been thinking lately is one of the reasons that it's not problematic for all this information to be out there is because um there's such a huge difference between being able to do it and being able to see it right um that that. yeah most people just don't have the time to to to, you know to train themselves to train themselves into the psychology of combating the innate bad habits that that most traders are going to have or most prospective traders are going to have so you know uh
1: no you're right there's like we were talking about there's two sides to every trader there's the one who is basically a perfect trader when you're not trading and you know what's going to happen and you could basically, you know, if you could just basically tell someone what to do, and not be on the trading side of it and in the middle of it, it's a totally different story.
0: Yeah, and this is why most firms are actually split up between, you know, strategy building and execution. And um, the
1: execution, yeah,
0: yeah. Let's um, maybe we should move on to looking into the future now because I think we got a pretty good grip on what happened on Friday and the past week. Um, yeah,
1: I would. I w- I haven't actually done any research for the most part yet, I've got, I've got the raw data on my Excel spreadsheet, but I haven't uh, kind of parsed through it yet. Like I normally do, but yeah, I want to see what your, what your thoughts are.
0: Yeah. I'm, I'm in the same boat as you are. It was kind of a busy week, but let me, let me pull up. um, Let's just do a, a, like a spy net gex for, with like 50 strikes maybe.
1: Um, Yeah. Do that. And then do a, a, a trigger command too, for the next like 40 days on spy okay i want to see what those look like here all right it's just loading there we go Um, yeah and then uh what what i like to do is i'll I'll have these pulled up monday morning at six when the oi gets updated um i'll have fridays and then i'll look at the the oi uh difference the the change i kind of have an idea of what's gonna what it's gonna look like already but okay yeah. All right, so um, the I might...
0: oh there we go there's our trigger commands do you want the graph or just the um you want to see the
1: well i don't know if you can pull that into the screen or not from discord
0: i i can i can bring it into the screen i think give me one second
1: it's just interesting to to be able to look look out ahead and uh, see the call and put walls for the different expiries. Now there's going to be expiries that are way more important. Um, looking at November, you know, 18th, obviously that's a huge one because it's got 27% of the gamma.
0: Yeah, let me uh, let me zoom in on this because this box, I think people don't,
1: you know, that box all... is so nice, man. Oh my! It's God.
0: it is extremely significant, right? We want to look at. Okay. Where is the most of the gex? And obviously most of them are going to be the monthly. So we have this November 18th expiry, um, which, you know, I've been rolling to as well. Uh, October 28th looks like a big guy. And we have to remember right. November 2nd right here, where we barely have anything is actually an FOMC meeting. Um, it's
1: FOMC and it's right. It's basically 401k flow day. Mm. And so that's always interesting because uh, you got the pension funds and, and, stuff like that rebalancing yeah gap. so that's also significant so those are going to be the big expiries to look at so then you look at this trigger and you go okay uh let's look at november 28th you know what what are what is the positioning like just from a glance on november 28th um with 12 percent of the of the gamma here so we've got uh we've got a trigger 372 380 wall 380 wall 355 floor and so that's super interesting going into the end of the month that you have such a wide range there 380 to 355 for friday
0: so wait november 28th i don't see anything october
1: october 28th that it's uh, in november oh
0: okay okay october 28th my bad so negative 68.6 million 12 percent of the overall gamma So those numbers are going to change a little bit,
1: the the positive and negative. I don't really focus on those too much unless they get like outside of a bound or something. Like if you saw like 70, 80% on one side, I'm going to be like, yeah, we're probably coming back, but you're looking at that put call ratio as well. 3.2. That's crazy. 12% of the gamma. It's pretty even as far as positive and negative leaning a little negative, but uh, but then you've got the, the range here. You see that on the trigger, you see the range is 380 to 355. Yeah. Because your your walls, your, your call wall is basically the same as the gamma wall. And then you've got your put wall at 355. Um, so that's going to be kind of like where I start and go, okay, well, as far as Friday goes, this is what people are expecting is this range. And, and
0: I, I just think that that is nuts, right? I think, I think that in a blackout period um, where, you know, we had our squeeze, I mean, it might keep squeezing, but I also think that there's going to be enough short, I mean, this is just, this is no longer data driven, right? This is more speculative, but I think that there are going to be a lot of people trying to short here. And, and I mean, um, but maybe a little more cautious than last time, because it's July.
1: I disagree. I'm going to push back on that because everybody basically got their, uh, you know, got their wish, on a possible fed pivot, right? They didn't get the pivot where they're going to start QE, but you know what? They got sort of what they were looking for, I think. And so where where's the short the short interest going to come from? On what? Bonds?
0: No, yeah, the bonds the bonds are really wanting to reverse now, especially with that move in the TNX. I think I think though um when when I look at, you know, the and I'll, I'll bring these guys on here too, um uh, let me, let me pull up the fed funds futures.
1: Cause they, they changed a lot after that news, actually, obviously, um, on. So my point is, I don't think there's going to be a huge, I think they're, we're going to get a squeeze, but I would start positioning for a squeeze to the downside. And it, it goes into my theory of, uh, here's your chance to get out. If you're a big fund or something, you know, here's your chance to start selling some stuff again, back into the floor. Yeah. You know, because
0: uh... well, yeah, I, I mean, and the the, re- the reason for this is, um, and and I guess we'll we'll get to like more of a summary of this because I, I know I'm a little bit all over the place right now, but um, if you look at the Fed funds futures, and and for people who don't know, the way to read this is, um, like let's say I have this October, and let, let's say it's around, it looks like it's priced at around ninety seven. That means that the effective federal funds rate for the fu- for the month of October is going to be around three percent. Um, And then moving forward, here's the November one, right? And then that's, you know, um, that's going to be, uh, 3.8%. Um, and of course these are estimates. And so you can use these fed funds futures to kind of get an idea of what, uh, the market is currently pricing in, in terms of uh, rate hikes. Yeah, that is, yeah. Um, and, and originally, right, uh, What I wanted to say actually is that despite the fact that we've had this news, nothing has really changed because look at this pricing for March, 2023, that's a 4.8% rate. Uh, You're looking at April, 2023, that is slightly above. It's a 4.9% almost.
1: So you're basically saying like the rate expectations haven't changed regardless of what they said. And so the market doesn't believe in a pivot.
0: What I'm saying is, um, yeah i agree i think that the fed is still on track to do exactly the same thing the only thing that they've done is they've said hey guys we're gonna we're taking our time and we're gonna do it slow enough that nothing's gonna break and so basically they've taken out kind of like the tail risk out of a market that was already under a pricing tail risk um and and they kind of fueled this little opex rally but fundamentally has anything changed no no, look at the futures. Nothing's changed. I mean a little bit marginally, right? Like 0. 0.2 uh percent. Okay, so going going back,
1: going back to your initial statement was that you think um there's gonna be more of a squeeze. Why why do you think there'd be more squeezing going on? Because people are gonna reinitiate shorts here.
0: Um I I actually have to say I what I was saying is that I'm a little
1: ambivalent um you're because... still well, you're still neutral you're still thinking uh you know essentially ranging
0: yeah because i don't i don't see upside here i don't see downside here i mean
1: i mean the I upside think. upside would be a squeeze but i think is agree with you on that because and that lines up with again looking at friday that lines up with essentially what the market is already positioned for 380 to 355 I mean, that's an easy range for the market right now. The way it is. Yeah. It's, say you keep it there, 380, 355. And it, say you close, like I, I think of again game theory here. Uh, we've got the uh the next week, I think, is going to be 401k flows into FOMC ball event, and then you've got the elections ball event. Mm-hmm. And so, say for example, you run the market up to like 384 or something like that this week. And then crush it to 355. Yeah. That's what I would I would expect to happen at this point because you crush it to 355, even a little bit lower, close it there into the FOMC 401k and elections. That's where you're going to get the insane rally in November that Jem is talking about. Jem is saying, like, look for a fake out and and then look for all this vol to just get completely destroyed into the end of the year
0: well and and i think the reason that i think that he's i don't know about the timing um the timing that he's suggesting makes sense to me but in general when we have this vix above 30 for so long you kind of have to think that those are all positions that are whenever you're buying ball you're buying a decaying asset it's like you know buying a new car and driving it off the lot and so um you know you might get lucky and participants have gotten lucky in that wall has stayed elevated here but eventually all of that has to unwind and then the real vol events are the ones that happen by surprise not
1: from here so all that vol is a
0: waste of money in my opinion if you're buying it right here Um,
1: no 100 i agree with you 100 and what i think is going to happen is you're going to see vix holding up as we as we tag like 380 384 on spy mm -hmm. you're going to see vix holding up everybody's going to be like Dude, why is VIX at 31 and we're at 384, 382? And then they're going to crush it and VIX is going to stay flat.
0: Yeah. VIX and so people, people, flat. we're going to, we're going to, we're going to fall down so fast. And yet people aren't going to be making as much money on their puts as they
1: think they would. And then what happens in, dude, the setup is just crazy to me. That's why I tweeted out the other day, uh, yesterday. I was like, this next 30 days is going to be lit because, uh, you know, the system essentially with old way of people trading is broken. And so they're going to be so confused at what is happening uh, when VIX isn't performing, like they think it should, like it always has. Yeah. And they're going to, and then what happens into this FOMC, I mean, they've already kind of telegraphed what they're going to do that, that ball unleash is, is probably going to crush VIX to like 27 I would think.
0: Yeah, that's, I mean, that's, that's really the trigger, right? So, okay. So from a more bird's eye, we have this next week, which is this, you know, post OPEX window of weakness. Um, we could drive up a little bit, get into those three eighties um, and then come crashing back down. Cause there's no protection. As soon as we have that November fed meeting, we have a whole bucket of uncertainty removed, right? Cause we know what it is and we'll have all those minutes and so forth. Probably we'll if we enter that Fed meeting trading pretty low, then that should be pretty good to trigger that November rally that you're talking about.
1: I, that's my plan, um, at least for now. And as long as this data, these ranges are holding up like they are. Um, and looking at the GEX here, you know, as far as uh, how people are positioned, I mean, I, I don't see that being out of the question at all. I mean, if you just look at this net GEX, this is looking at 98 days, uh, you see the 380 is sitting there um, as a pretty, pretty gnarly resistance, in my opinion, at least going into next week, Yeah, because you've got positioning at 380 there, uh, even going out into November. And so it's going to be really hard to push, push the market into these events any higher than that. Mm-hmm. And if they do, it's really just going to be go, go tag a level just to kind of let them hedge it or do whatever. And then it's just going to completely crater. Uh, And then what happens is everybody's going to be mega bearish because it's going to drop 20 points in like three days. If this happens, this is just kind of my, maybe my fantasy, but, uh, and this is sort of what they've been doing. If you look at it the last couple of weeks, three weeks in a row, I was just looking at this every OPEX and these are smaller, but they run it up and then they crush it. They run it up and crush it, but they never break, break lower, but everybody's super bearish. So you had three or four weeks of that in a row into Mopex, everybody's super bearish and you're going okay well now this is the big one right this yeah. is a crash and then they rip it up 120 points and uh, it's
0: like it's like a video game with uh, smaller bosses leading up to the big boss
1: no exactly right man it really is like that and it was just like you could see it happening over the course of the weeks if you're tracking it and you're watching these positioning you're just going they're just setting people up and then, and that's all this is, too. They're just setting people up again, get them all into the 380s, 390s, get them thinking 400, and then they crush them back down into the 350s. How bearish are you going to be if they crush you back down to the mm-hmm. 355, 360? I, I don't think 360 can get broken very easily, but not yet anyways. Um, they could fake it out again. But you know, then you're super bearish into FOMC. Well, and that's that's the other thing I think about this bear market
0: is um, everybody's keeps looking, and even on Twitter you can see this. Everybody's talking about, oh, when are we going to get that capitulation day? Um, They're in such a rush. I don't know why they're in such a rush. I mean, this could take months and months and months. We could be looking out to February. I mean, I'm targeting February, but you know, originally I was thinking about it happening before midterms. Then I saw the, the the way that the fed funds futures changed i was like well i guess we're not getting it now i guess we're gonna have to wait until and, and why it's because it's gonna coincide with when we hit those peak rates right
1: yeah um and then it, and, and they sell the news and this is exactly what Kim was saying on this uh on, on the td ameritrade's uh, tv show they were interviewing him i don't know if you watched that not yet but he, yeah you should because he gives you a ton of really good insight onto why things are happening the way they are and this is why i i sort of use sort of his tidbits to kind of plan around because it's like it makes so much sense why we would rally into the end of the year and it'll be so flabbergasting to people because everything is so bearish and it's like why would you but it's just all these all these puts are going to get you know basically closed out but then he's like basically first quarter next year that's probably when it's going to happen yeah and why is that because Nobody's really positioned yet for the first quarter of 2023. Everybody, no, was- everybody's positioned for for the crash to happen in the fall and, and into the end of the year.
0: No, it, it makes perfect sense. It makes perfect sense. And it's always, um, you know, market timing always skews to the present rather than to the future.
1: Yeah, everybody's um, looking for the capitulation, but on what? You know, they couldn't take it down with nukes. armageddon you couldn't take it down with monkey pox you couldn't take it down with more rate hikes or inflation or basically inflation fears uh what other stuff have they thrown out there there's the the wars uh you know everything that you could possibly throw at it and it hasn't even broken 350 i mean i think it went to 348 on spy but it's like for like a second
0: and of course of course from a valuation perspective especially looking at big tech it's insane i mean i know that we we haven't been talking a lot of valuations here but you know uh, what is it uh, nvidia still at something like a 38 pe sometime last time i look um and i mean uh it's that's insane it's insane because we have we have so much money in the system this is going to take a long long time to unwind yeah. and if globalization unwinds along with it um which is you know getting rid of one of those really important deflationary forces that's that's uh, also five minute warning by the way but um then uh nothing there's just still a lot of uncertainty okay you got
1: five minutes i want to hear your your thoughts on you know what you think is uh you know coming into play next week i think you already have an idea that you're you're thinking ranging you're thinking you know sort of you know playing the edges maybe i guess or
0: yeah i like i like the 360 uh 380 type type range um i think you know monday uh i know a lot of people were at least in the discord were buying puts on the friday close i think uh that might not have been a great idea um i could see us keep pushing on monday especially with that gex that we have um that we took a look at
1: uh where was it the, the uh, october 24th gex was uh was pretty nice looking uh
0: yeah i mean we could always we could even talk about this already like look at that 380 strike that's juicy if we if we open above 375 you know a close at 380 um is not out of the question um even higher honestly 384
1: yeah it's hard it's one thing i've learned even though this is a different environment but one thing i've learned is when the gex is really positive like this just don't fight it don't expect reversals yet um until until something happens because it takes a lo- for some reason it takes a long a lot longer to reverse the positive yaks than than the negative
0: and yeah probably just
1: the skew issue uh, but you know and and the IV crush just happens on the down on the puts just so much harder uh, so the squeezes are, are happen way harder so I guess maybe what you, with that in mind we wait for the skews maybe to flatten out a little bit and then that's when we know it's likely to reverse or yeah,
0: I I think, I think it makes sense to look at exactly the skew, like you're saying. um, And then, you know, make sure you're getting a good price on your puts. And until that happens, you know, Monday, um, depending on where we open, if we, if we dive down to 370, I'm happy to sell a put spread down there and just wait for the market to go up. You know, Um,
1: that would be, that would be an easy floor for people. it's coming down to that 370.
0: Yeah. With it, with the intraday trading and the gex, I I find that, whenever I overthink it, uh, I mess up, you know, it's just, like you said, don't fight it. Um, And then, and then play it day by day. I think, I think this is still going to be a complicated week um, as everybody positions, given the fact that we have no news, no, nothing. It's just weird.
1: Yeah, no, you're totally right. And one thing though is just understand the power of this data that you have. If you can just uh, really comprehend like, when I first started trading I I had I had no idea dude I was getting destroyed because you didn't know you didn't know any of this stuff yeah you know and so you know just having the power of this data to be able to see this uh, see these positionings I mean this stuff shouldn't be free no
0: no it really shouldn't Um,
1: (laughs) but uh, it's it takes a little bit of work to figure out how to use it but
0: yeah and a lot of imagination you know you kind of have to give it to the, the benefit of the doubt keep watching keep watching and it's not something that you could you have to see it live to really understand so
1: it, this week man you got to just trust yourself and then you gotta you know basically have a plan and follow it and don't think about anything else